Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where tonight ah! mood is action-packed and ready for conspiracy. Because Ooh. tonight... We are switching it up on Jag Bags. Normally, we discuss music, sports. Tonight, we'll I guess we'll be talking a little bit of books and film, but primarily, topic tonight is the assassination of John F. Kennedy, which happened more than, coming up on more than 60 years ago now. It doesn't seem possible, but November of 63, JFK was assassinated, and uh, the rumors and speculation about that assassination have continued to this day. Uh, many still call it the crime of the century. So here to join us is our staff, JFK conspiracy expert, Dan Lapke. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. I'm very excited. A little nervous. You know, this is a big deal to me. Yeah, Mr. Gonna be Foot, great. Mr. Byer, I thank you. You're going to be great. Uh, so Dan is a expert on uh, the uh, assassination of JFK. His stacks of books in uh, uh, literature on the subject is stacked behind him. So at a moment's notice, he'll be able to quote us a fact or a figure or a date. And uh, tonight we're just going to talk about uh, the assassination and the conspiracy and all the uh, events that you probably may have heard of, may not know exactly what they were so we're just going to get in depth and discuss it in full now for those of you who uh are living under a rock currently and you're like what happened when jfk was assassinated um i'll bring you up to speed very quickly in that uh and give you sort of a overview of uh, what happened uh, to JFK on November 22nd, uh, 1960. It was the 22nd or the 21st? 22nd, 1963 at approximately yes. 30 in the hour. So we'll go through this. And if I mess anything up, Dan, please, please correct. But uh, JFK and his wife, Jacqueline, made a trip down to Dallas, sort of a fundraising uh, trip, and uh, along with the governor of Texas and Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was vice president at the time. And uh, JFK and his wife went to a fundraiser that day and gave a speech and um, and then uh, boarded a customized open convertible to ride with uh, John Connolly, who at the time was governor of Texas, and his wife. And uh, they were on their way to their next stop where he was going to give another speech. And as the motorcade was traveling through the streets of Dallas, uh, the car passed the multi-story Texas School Book Depository building. And at around 1230, shots rang out and a bullet pierced uh, the base of the neck of the president, exited through his throat, and then likely through Governor Connolly's shoulder and wrist, ultimately hitting his thigh. Another bullet struck him in the back of his head. That's JFK. The motorcade rushed to the nearby Parkland Memorial Hospital. However, doctors' efforts were futile, and JFK was officially declared dead around 1 p.m. Um, now, about an hour later, as the country was learning of uh, the assassination of the president, 
um, Lee Harvey Oswald was discovered and uh, was subsequently, after a confrontation and a uh, a fatal confrontation with a Dallas policeman, um, Oswald was apprehended in a movie theater and taken to jail. Um, this all happened on the same day. Meanwhile, LBJ uh, was sworn in as president on Air Force One in pictures that are very famous. Everyone knows the pictures of LBJ with his hand on the Bible and uh, being sworn in with uh, Kennedy's widow still wearing the coat that was you know, bloodstained standing uh, right next to him. Um, Oswald, meanwhile, in Dallas, protested his innocence, saying I was saying I am uh, being set up. I'm a patsy. Um, and when Oswald was being transferred from City Hall to the county jail, a nightclub owner named Jack Ruby came out and shot Oswald with a handgun on national television as cameras looked on. It seems pretty unbelievable to think that this it is crazy. Happened. Absolutely crazy. Uh, the first murder. Uh, you know what I keep thinking, Dan? Just from reading all this stuff the past couple of days, if it happened now, <laughs> well, you probably have you probably have truth then maybe because the cameras would have been on everything the internet would break yes. yeah for sure. um so just to sum up uh after kennedy's funeral uh lyndon johnson now president said hey we've got to give some closure to this and he uh, appointed a commission just to investigate and you know determine what the cause of well everyone knew what the cause of death was but um really just the facts relating to the assassination and explaining the death of Lee Harvey Oswald. And that was led by the Earl Warren, who at the time was Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And the Warren Commission, after nearly a year of investigation going through all the facts associated with uh, the case, re uh, released uh, a document called the Warren Report, which concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and was the lone killer and that there was no conspiracy in any event involving either Lee Harvey Oswald Oswald or Jack Ruby. And that you would have thought maybe that's the, the end of the whole case, but instead, no, that was only the beginning. Um, I'm going to pause there and just, did I forget anything? Is there anything that I, I, I really just gave kind of a very general over uh, yeah. what happened? No, that's good. It, Cause that leads you to the investigation and then you, we can flesh out, you know, everything can flesh out from there. So, I mean, that's, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the reaction to the war report because that was met with great skepticism by a lot of people. Why was that? Oh, well, for, for many reasons. I mean, anybody who actually looked at it and read it could easily just logically how it was written. There are so many holes in it. Um, it's almost like, well, first of all, it's written to with the intent of proving Oswald did it, yeah. which is problematic when you're trying to investigate a crime. You're not looking at anything else to see what happened. It was from the focus of this guy did it. And we need to, you know, wrap it up with a neat bow around it to show that he did it. They were afraid of all sorts of things. I mean, he was at that time, it was the Cold War, part of the Cold War. Um, you know, they shot the president, the biggest fear, you know, after the Cuban Missile Crisis. And if the kids don't know what the Cuban Missile Crisis is, that happened early in Kennedy's uh, presidency, where Russia was trying to set up a missile base in Cuba. And there was a very, um, very threatening standoff, political standoff that was 
you know, that's where we get two minutes to midnight on the nuclear clock. That was at that point the yep. closest the world ever came to, you know, blowing itself up. They thought that, the, you know, Kennedy would do something, the Russians would retaliate and we'd, you know, all blow up. So at this point, when Kennedy gets killed, you know, the panic behind the scenes is, oh, shit, you know, if, you know, this Oswald guy, who we'll get into later, his background, you know, he he had t- he, he defected to Russia at one point. He lived in Russia. He was an obvious kind of suspect. Three years, you know, he was a, he, he was a pro-communist. He portrayed himself as a pro-communist. So there was a lot of fear. It's like, oh, you know, people, you know, if, if people think the Russians did it, they'll want, you know, it could lead to war. If they think Cuba Cuba did it. Um, it could lead to a massive war. So the general gist of it, Hoover, Johnson, they wanted just to make sure that, okay, and this happens immediately after Oswald gets shot. They're like, okay, we need to put a bow on this. We need to, you know, make the public happy. You're not happy, but allay their fear. Yeah, that, you know, it was one guy, you know, it's it's a crazy man, it's a tragedy, let's move on, kind of thing. Some of the uh, main skepticism around it was what uh, many people have called the magic bullet. Can you explain yes. what, what is the magic bullet? Oh, uh, the magic bullet, also known as Commission Exhibit 399. It's a... Perfect, pristine-looking bullet um, that was was claimed to have gone through Kennedy's neck, nicking his spine, out his throat. And now, according to the the way the Warren Commission and people try to figure it out, according to their reports, if you put it on paper, it would have paused in the air for half a second, changed trajectory downward, and moved over half a foot to enter into John Connolly, go through him, break one of his ribs, break his wrist, and end up in his left thigh, which, you know, ballistically any, I mean, it was a perfect bullet. As soon as a bullet hits something, it becomes misshapen, period. So it's pretty much physically impossible for that to happen. (laughs) And yet that was a main explanation. Yeah, that's, and uh, Senator Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania, whose name comes up, it comes up through the uh, investigation with the Warren Commission, has a lot of the fun um, theory. He's, He's the main proponent of that. He came up with it and thought it was great. Um, and the weird thing is, people over the years looking back at it, the up and down movement of the bullet going everywhere um, isn't even the weirdest part of it. It's just the amount of damage that it, you know, that claims it, it could have done. Um, the ballistics of, that the Warren Commission claimed happened, the number of shots in the amount of time, um, just doesn't hold water. It's easily refuted in that there's not enough time and there's more than just this, this CE, the chain of evidence for this bullet, this magic bullet that was found, it was found on a stretcher at Parkland Hospital after the assassination. And even the bullet itself, there's a couple different stories which stretcher it was found on. Some say it was Connolly's stretcher. Some say it was JFK's stretcher. But this is what they're using as one of their main points, you know, for at least for the ballistic evidence that this is what happened. Right. And it would never hold up in any court of law. So uh, other people say, well, uh, there's no way that Oswald could have acted alone because of, and you always hear, well, you know, the magic bullet, but also you hear of the grassy knoll. Ooh, yes. uh, you hear uh, that's always uh, uh, that's kind of a lexicon of speech. Now, what was 
versus the grassy knoll? Well, well, first you have to kind of picture the scene of where he was shot. He, um, they made the, the it's a limousine progress, uh, procession. It makes a very hard left turn onto Elm Street, the street in front of the Texas School Book Depository, which is six stories high. So on the sixth floor, Oswald's supposedly firing. Well, someone's firing from that spot. Sixth floor behind Kennedy as it's moving away from them down the street. As it's moving down the street, it's passing this uh, paragola, this this uh, almost Greek type monument because it's a it's a uh, plaza park area. And at the end of that, there's a little um, little hill going up right before the uh, overpass. There's an overpass at the end that you go out of this plaza onto the expressway. Yeah. And by that little hill, there's there's a fence back there. There's a parking lot. There's some trees. And it, the hill is has been dubbed the Grassy Knoll because I forget. I believe it was Gene Hill who was the witness who said, I saw a man up on that Grassy Knoll. And I, had, I mean, it was the first. It's the only time I've ever heard a plot of grass that's on some kind of incline as a Grassy Knoll. It's probably the only one on Earth. But... <laughs> Over I've never there, heard that either. Right. It, at that point, there was, you know, their claims are there was someone behind the fence firing towards the president as he was driving towards that direction. And that was potentially the fatal shot that hit him in the head. Right. Um, and there's all sorts of witnesses who said they smelled smoke in that area. There's people after, after the assassination, if you watch any of the post assassination footage of the, of the chaos, there's just hundreds of people rushing up to the grassy knoll to see what the heck is going on. That's where they go get him. That's where he did it. You know, mob justice. Let's go see what's happening. Um, and there's I, countless witnesses saying it, it came from over there. That uh, the, uh, so an, whatever the alleged second gunman would, would have been hanging out over by the grassy knoll. Most likely yes and it seems uh it seems like logical to assume that because i read that the type of weapon that Oswald was alleged to have used was a was an older type model, and so he would have had to reload, fire, reload, fire in the in an incredibly short amount of time with incredible precision. Yeah, it, it was a it's um, a bolt action Mannlicher Carcano made in Italy, um, World War II surplus kind of junk, um, heavy. I have never personally fired a rifle, but watching all of the you know reenactments and such it's it looks quite forceful and cumbersome to you know it's almost like those bad nerf guns <laughs> with your kids trying to break it to make it work and it, it, it well of course and this is this is another reason the Warren commission kind of pinched itself into a, into its own box of just too many details show the lie that you've not so much that they were lying but that you're not proving your point they um timed his um shots by using the zapruder film which we'll probably get to shortly a film of the assassination and when the first shot pro probably struck and the last shot hit him in the head and it was somewhere around 5.6 seconds and there was no way anyone could fire faster than 2.3 seconds to aim the rifle at a, um, so at a, so at a moving target shots. at a moving target going away from him yes uh, from the sixth floor he's a pretty good shot so, yeah <laughs> and there, it's great when you watch some of there's there's all sorts of old specials um you can find on the internet of like cbs trying to reenact it with you know naval sharp shooter jimmy gunman you know up on up on a tower that replicates the exact height and then they have 
like tra- little train tracks running a little cart at the exact speed with a watermelon in it so he can yeah. shoot it. It's, yeah. And no one's ever been able to replicate the speed and accuracy of the feat that was uh, Oswald. Playing. He Oswald, did. Yeah. 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 Well, he was just that good. Uh, no, he, was too- well, he was a Marine and he was the he was the second to lowest level. Like he just barely passed his marksmanship test. Like he was not like he was proven to not be a really good shot. Um, well, he, maybe he was just waiting to do it in the clutch. Well, you know, sometimes some He's people a game have player. just like your basketball game, man. You only, only when it counts can you <laughs> hit that deep one. The greatness is thrust upon him. Where yeah. did they find that bolt action rifle? They found it in the building. They found it in the, on the sixth floor. Yeah, they found it on the sixth floor stuffed between some boxes. Yeah. And they um, found three uh, spent shell casings right by the window. That that was all. Where is, let me just interrupt for a second, Dan. Where is the grassy knoll in relation to the book depository? How close are uh, they it, to each other? It's it's uh, it's they run along the there. Uh, the grassy knoll is at the other edge of the building, but uh, probably about twenty yards closer to the street because the shape of the street that um, Elm Street has a bit of a curve to it. It it, it almost it, the, when you look at it from above on a map, it almost looks like a uterus. It's so bizarre. The, 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 uh, I read about the uterus conspiracy so, theory. Seriously, the park itself... I had to go through several firewalls to get to that. It's got the big fountain on the back, which is Houston Street, and then he makes this hundred and almost 120-degree turn on Elm Street, and it curves around and it curves back a little bit as it comes together and goes down through the... Um, uh, goes to the freeway. It's 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 a very strange. Well, not a strange shape for a park, and it's mirrored on both sides. But um, there you go. That's how. I, that's my description of it. So the sh- any if a shooter was hanging out at the grassy knoll in that park, the shoot that shooter would have have a much clearer, much easier time of it shooting. He would have a cl- a, a, yeah, a closer shot. Plus the cars coming towards him that's instead easy. of going away from him. Yeah, um, yeah, a much easier shot. Um, so the Zapruder film, for those who do not know what the the Abraham Zapruder film was, what was that? So dressmaker Abraham Zapruder decided he was going to film, you know, the Kennedy motorcade that afternoon at the last moment. So he fetched his camera from his office and took his um, his assistant, assistant Mary Sitzman, down to Dealey Plaza and found a very key advantageous point to film from. There's, there's a concrete block right next to the grassy knoll um, where he began shooting with his Bell and Howell 8 millimeter film the assassination and so he's between basically both points he's between like the 6th floor and the grassy knoll and you see the car turn there's a slight break in the film because he stopped filming for a second then you just see the motorcade coming and he's just focused on JFK and the car comes down you see him react to the first shot he puts his hands up towards his neck um clinching you know like he's been shot in the neck you know and he starts to slump over slightly jackie's like what's going on looking at him and then it continues a little while and then very graphically and suddenly his part of his head gets shot off and you see it oh it's man and and it's and for those who follow follow study the assassination or it's a hobby what you will that's at frame 313 so it's known as z313 and that's where you see the blood spatter and and if you watch the film itself his head goes back into the left which is famous in um pop lexicon from the movie jfk if you've seen that film the courtroom scene or perhaps are a seinfeld fan watching keith hernandez bubblegum episode which is 
loosely based on the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> they but Zapruder, Zapruder filmed this, and um, it was not seen by the public. They put certain frames of it in Life magazine, but not the 313 frame. Um, it was shown at a trial in 1968 in New Orleans, but only the jury saw it and the defendants, you know, but only the jury. And it wasn't until 1975 on um, Good Night America, uh, some ABC show with Geraldo Rivera and um, Dick Dick Gregory and then this Robert Groden, who is the, the guy who made a copy of it. That's a story we can get into shortly. Um, showed it to the American public for the first time and people were floored because they had never seen it. And it's clear that his head goes backwards and that he was, you know, shot from the front, most likely. Right. And um, that was, again, another impetus for another, that was for the um, House of Assassinations Committee came out of the outcry after people finally seeing the film. And Wait, it was called the House of Assassinations Committee? Yeah, because they also investigated RFK and MLK. It was something they kind of glommed to, you know, government thing. If we investigate this, we've got to look at this. But that's it, the House on Assassinations Committee. Hmm. Sounds like something from a comic book. It's, yeah, it, well, it's, it's sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. This is true. But, but the Zapruder film has been known, you know, it's so graphic and so jarring and so that it actually became its own adjective um, yeah. in the Webster's Dictionary. Zapruder esque, something that's so crystal clear, stunning, irrefutable. So it, yeah. It's, it, and when was, are, when was the first viewing of this? What year? Uh, the first that the public. When they showed it on TV or whatever. Is that 19, right? Yeah, 1975 was the first okay, so 12, 12 years after it happened. Yeah, so it was a long time after it happened. And um, originally, Dan Rather had seen it, seen the film the day of or the day after the assassination, the first printing of it, and reported that his head went forward. So then, ooh, here's your dad. I mean, that's where, you know, a lot of conspiracy people are like, well, he completely, he, he lied. And yeah. um, which will lead us to another pop culture reference, This the song... What's the frequency? Frequency Kenneth is about um, two guys who came up and kicked the crap out of Dan Rather asking. Yeah. What's the <laughs> and that had something to do with the Kennedy assassination. Him either saying something or not saying something or wanting to say something. Um, but that was, you know, purportedly something to say, hey, keep your mouth shut. Um, about the Kennedy assassination because he was the one of the first people to report on it. I think he was. Oh, so there was a theory that these two guys beat up Dan Rather. We wouldn't talk about the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, that's the what's the frequently frequency Kenneth story. Yeah. Wow. But while they're beating him up, they're just yelling, "What's the frequency, Kenneth? What's the frequency, Kenneth?" Yeah, so wacky stuff. That's one thing I love about the Kennedy assassination. There's so many off. There's so many tangents. So many different stories, so many characters. I mean, half of it's probably horseshit for sure. Some of it's not. <laughs> somehow, even if it is, you're like, well, that's somehow plausible. Um, and it's, it's. I mean, you got your characters. As um, I don't know if we've mentioned, like Umbrella Man, the Bushka Lady, the Magic Bullet. There's so you know, there's so many different. Yeah. Grassy Knoll. There's so many terms that are so. I want. I think that's. I think that's interesting. These terms that have kind of been become a part of our of the lexicon. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Who was the Umbrella Man? Oh, the Umbrella Man. Um, he shows up, of course, in the Zapruder film. He is standing right by um, a freeway sign that sort of blocks the view of the motorcade in the Zapruder film for a few seconds. But when you don't see if J- JFK, all of a sudden you see this umbrella and then JFK comes into, into focus, into the screen, and then later on he gets shot. But in other pictures, he's standing there. It's a perfectly sunny day. Um, it, it's a beautiful Texas November um, mid-afternoon, you know, gorgeous out. And what, what's this guy doing with an umbrella? And he happens to be standing, you know, with an umbrella up and open right as the president's getting shot. And you know, what, what's he doing there? Well, very fishy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's also standing next to someone who's been referred to, to as the Cuban or dark complexion man who appears to have a uh, walkie-talkie in his pocket who's pumping his fist in the air next to him that you can only see, you, you can't see it in the Zapruder film. You see his hand up in the Zapruder film, but uh, I think it's the Knicks film. And they're both just, it's just very quirky, weird. Okay, guys getting assassinated and you guys are doing these weird signs and the an umbrella theory is, yeah. the theory is like, that's the signal, like, okay, He's like, if you're pumping your face or if the umbrella is still up, he's still alive kind of thing, or it's time to fire. Like there's signal men is what part of the thought was. And, um, He's one of those witnesses. He, he showed up in the 70s. This a man claiming to be the umbrella man was a Louis Stephen Witt showed up and was all pompous at the House committee thing saying uh, and his his reasoning for having the umbrella was, well, I was doing it to give JFK a rib because his father, his father supported Neville Chamberlain, who appeased Hitler in World War Two. Again, the umbrella was known as ne- Neville Chamberlain's uh, key thing and that you know it was him trying to make a statement to kennedy was a terrible politician or something which okay fair enough that could be true um political rallies uh really bring out the weirdos i that uh i was a neighbor of rod blagojevich for oh nice more than a decade and i can tell you so during all that crazy you know arrest and the media circus uh, the people the hangers on people that would just come by and walk around were like I could I, a lot of umbrella men type people walking around. How many of those people are you still friends with, Steve? They're here tonight. They're my studio audience. So you have your studio. <laughs> are audience. they sitting with the diamond listeners? And I have my umbrella men. Yes, with the diamond listeners. <laughs> was that umbrella men? They're very nice. That was around, diamond listeners. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was around the time you got a couple of new cars, wasn't it? When you were hanging with Blago. <laughs> Uh, my lawyer has uh, advised me to keep silent on this. Let's 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 get back to the JFK. Let's well, hold on a sec. Now, now, just to keep up with you, Beeve, I have a whole row of babushka ladies. So Dan can explain babushka lady now. Ah, uh, she's she's another fine character of the assassination scene. She was. Um, she, you can see her in, of course, the uh, illustrious Zapruder film and another film shot from the other side. She's a woman of the time wearing a babushka on a crisp yet sunny Texas day. Um, and she's filming the assassination from the other side. So like she has a full view. If she, if you have all of her films, you, you would have seen the Texas school book depository. You would have seen the grassy knoll and then him drive off. Um, nobody found her for years. Everybody's like, where is this woman? Who is this woman? And years later, uh, a woman named Beverly Oliver came up and claimed to be this babushka woman and said, oh, well, a Secret Service agent took my camera. So the film's not in existence or they have it. But of course, you know, it's not nobody's ever going to see it. And um, I lost my train of thought here. I apologize. (laughs) And then what happened to the babushka woman after? Uh, Well, that's the thing. This woman claims to be her and she she. (laughs) 
you know, there's a little cottage industry of assassination folks that do the circuits and do the little, uh, not quite conventions, but their conventions um, <laughs> to make some extra, extra cash off. And she show, she shows up at most everything. But when you actually, this this is this woman who almost, she, she was dated to a, she was married to a, a mafioso who I believe ended up getting murdered. Um, and she's this blonde, vivacious, a middle-aged woman who looks, you know, nothing like this babushka woman who looks like every Polish lady I knew from Jefferson Park growing up with their babushkas on going to the jewels um, walking around. And there's even pictures of her from the other side and she looks like an old woman with glasses. So it, it's, it's really strange, but the, the big thing, everybody's like, oh, if we had her film footage, we could, you know, find out exactly what happened, but it's disappeared. Oh, never to be found. It will never be found. It got destroyed immediately, probably. Well, somebody ha- somebody probably has it in their basement and they're watching it like a snuff film for jollies. No <laughs> they're having their friends over for a barbecue hey, on it. Check this out. Look what I got. <laughs> um, really quick. Let's talk about two other figures from that day. Okay. Who was J.D. Tippett? Ah, J.D. Tippett was a Dallas police officer who was murdered in the street approximately 20 minutes after the Kennedy assassination. And he is one of the key pieces that they, that's why they arrested Oswald was because they claimed he shot a policeman. Yeah. And that has to do with this Oswald's leaving of the building, leaving the assassination scene, going Going to his rental house, um, purportedly picking up a revolver, changing his jacket. And then while he was there, the landlady where he's living reported that a police car pulled up in front of the house, honked twice and then left. So there's a little intrigue there as was that J.D. Tippett? What was that about? Either way, he, he walks, he's walking away from his apartment. There's a whole route between how he gets from the sixth floor to Dallas uh, book depository to the Texas. Um, theater where he ends up getting arrested that has some things proven like a cab driver drove him but they try to re- retrace his steps as to how he got to where and they also try to place him in this um, spot where Officer Tippett gets murdered he, Officer Tippett at the corner of 10th and Patton pulls over someone not pulls over, stops, starts talking to someone who is walking they have a brief conversation, Tippett goes to get out of the car and then is shot by this person three times and then once in the head and the person comes walks off and that um, person allegedly was lee harvey oswald lee harvey oswald allegedly allegedly and there are various witnesses um who have some someone saw two people someone saw a short chubby man dirt but chubby-ish man you know sure. there's three different descriptions and i think this is the dom de theory if i remember yes, correctly yes right but none of them fit it being it like a killer. Yeah. So this is, so when he gets killed, you know, that goes out across the air as well. So everybody's, Oh, now we got a cop killer on our hands. Um, and it, again, another murky story, a, another un, really unproven murder along with the other murder. So it's just another, Why? so what, what would be the conspiracy of saying Oswald killed him, killed Tippett when it wasn't Oswald? Well, if it wasn't Oswald, the, well, if it wasn't Oswald, the question is who was it? And, 
And the other question is why? Um, the tippet, uh, uh, the tippet killing, it, it could be completely separate and have nothing to do with the assassination, but it's just, it's another one of those things that's just so odd that it's right by Oswald's boarding house where it happened and the timing of it, timing and location and the purported movements of Oswald. Um, there are theories that, you know, Tippett was supposed to actually apprehend him and kill him. So silencing of the witness. So he's been thought of in many circles as part of a cover up, a potential cover up. You know, you kill, you kill the patsy and he can't talk and everything's clean. And especially if, you know, if it were him doing it, he'd be a hero as well. Um, so that's one of the other many theories behind it is that he was supposed to off him before he got off. And then well, if he, that's true, then why do does he get killed? He probably didn't draw first. Um, so but that would be saying. Oswald knew something was up. And but who would the second guy be then? If there's well, two guys, if it's there? if it's a different group of people, again, it could be more people involved with this. This is theories. More people involved yeah. with the assassination, and you know, Tippett was supposed to do something else or not be there, or you know, he was, and so he. They were like, "What are you? What are you doing? What are you guys up to?" So they shot him because they didn't want to get caught. Right. Right. It's it's connected. The book. Uh, the only book I read on it was uh, my dad had a book on it called "The Death of the." president by william manchester yeah they had a whole timeline and they in this timeline and they go minute by minute they basically say lee harvey oswald shoots jd tippett there's no yeah there's no but that's an old yeah. book that's an old book all right yeah, he was that was pretty much a, a um warren commission sort of yeah that's you know towing on the so on the timeline so oswald is supposedly fleeing after killing Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Soon after that happens, does he supposedly kill Tippett? 20 minutes, somewhere in that zone. Yeah, and then... Do they put that on the radio immediately? Like, hey, this guy killed Kennedy. He killed, and he also killed a police officer. Well, it took him a little while. That to, quick? No, that the, quickly? no. The, the description for Oswald from the depository came around the same time as the um, Tippett killing, because uh, that they, they weren't sure. And there, I forget. There, there's a there was a couple of different theories on how, why they settled on what it was, because no one really saw anyone in the window to give that description um so that sort of clouded in controversy um the chief of the police jesse curry is the one who put that out mm -hmm. um but that was around the it was around the same time that Tippett was getting was getting shot it was in that area of time um that they were calling for that uh the apb that's that's what the apb for oswald be on the lookout for this, you know, man, and they had him as like I think they said thirty-ish because Os Oswald was bald, and so he probably looked older than he was. And so, anyway. and so he's arrested and in the, inside the Texas theater, and then two days or a day later, he he spends time in the jail. Right, two days later. Well, Sunday morning is when he gets. Can I can I interrupt real quick? Do you know what movie Oswald was watching? Um, War is Hell, starring Van Heflin. Really? Oh no, seriously, yeah. <laughs> Dan He's knows everything. in the movie theater by himself. Dan well, no, no, there was other there were other people in there. He got caught because he snuck in and didn't pay. Yeah, they said he was tired of running. That's what I read today. He, he was tired of running, so he snuck into a movie theater. Yeah, I wish it would have been Dumbo, like Ro uh, Robert Stack in 1941. That would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been good. That, that would have been good. War as hell. War as hell. Starring Van Heflin. Yes. Texas so, uh, so as so as Oswald is being transferred from the uh, the jail where he was originally kept to the county jail, 
He's taken out the back where he is shot to death by Jack Ruby. Who was Jack Ruby? Jack Ruby, um, Jack Rubenstein, born in Chicago. He's actually buried um, right outside of Chicago somewhere. Anyway, he's a low-level um, mobster that um, ended up down in Dallas running strip clubs and reportedly behind the scene, you know, running prostitution drugs and, and doing some gun running as well. So basically, you know, a low-level mobster. Mafioso. I mean, he. If, if you've seen the footage of him shooting Oswald, it's like here he is in his trench coat and his hat. Yeah, that hat. And, I mean, it's straight out of Central Casting. It's like, okay, yeah, he's he did it to spare Mrs. Kennedy the. Um, he claimed he shot Oswald to spare Mrs. Kennedy the pain of a trial, um, yeah. so that she could move on with her life. And uh, and uh, he was. What happened to him after he was arrested? Tried. He was arrested. He was arrested. Went to trial. Um, found guilty and he after the fact he never um got a chance to talk as he says he there's an interview with chief chief justice earl warren during the warren commission going i'll never get a fair shake here if you take me back to washington i'll tell you everything you want to know and and that's actually on tape and you can hear it and they won't take him out of dallas and he ends up in prison being diagnosed with cancer and then dying like two months three months later yeah dropping dead in jail so he never told what he know and knew and he's another interesting character in that it's like here's the guy who silences the assassin has all these mob ties and he and oswald you know they're like they didn't know each other blah blah and they cross paths all these different places and know the same people um fascinating to read about him um just such a bizarre man too had all these little dogs and just he was he was brian doyle murray i believe in the movie jfk who did quite a strange rendition um of jack ruby yeah of, of jack ruby but um you played jack ruby in jfk brian doyle murray if i'm not mistaken. brian doyle murray wow yeah I saw the movie, but I didn't remember it played. Yeah, it's been ages since I've seen it. Um, I haven't seen but, it in forever either. Yeah, um, but he, he he well, his death of cancer. Um, he claims they gave him cancer, like they injected it to him. They injected him <laughs> cancer. Well, as strange as that sounds, the, the more you dig into you know Kennedy assassination lore, and you go with some of his, you know, like his ex mistress Mary Pinchot Meyer, who is married to Cord Meyer of the CIA, but oh. what was being worked on in new orleans with you know other cast members of this assassination play you know um oh and there's some nut jobs it's fantastic you can just look at new orleans for days and be like this is just batshit crazy but supposedly down there they were working on a way to bioweaponize um cancer and you know it was a cia thing where they're trying to get cancer so they can inject people with it with it with it and kill them so oh man so that i mean there's all these little things that always just seem to tie together so strangely it's that's what makes it so fascinating fascinating is there's i mean you could look at it from the upper level of the political you know time of the you know of what it was back then how it impacted society and you know before tv you know it was the only thing on tv you saw oswald get shot it was the only thing being shown kennedy was your first tv president nothing was instant it was those were the moments that you saw it's not like today's you know instant media and everything um i lost my train of thought (laughs) again it's it's interesting there's a lot going on you know as you're talking okay you gave me uh this is kind of off the i want to get into some of the suspects 
uh, you know, the, the main suspects that are, you know, allegedly behind the, you know, who ordered the hit. But before we do that, I want to ask you, and Len, if you have any questions, please ask too. But I want to ask, oh. when when did you first get interested? What was it that said? Can I, can I just do the Jack Ruby one real quick? Oh, yeah. Sure. Talking about Ruby. The weird thing with the Rubies, well, two things. One I read today is Ruby saw Oswald in some, in Dallas's police, uh, police department or whatever. He walked in there. Oh, yeah. He said something to Oswald and Oswald's like, what? I'm being charged for killing the president? Like he was shocked that he was being charged for killing the president. Right. They told him first he was just being charged with killing a police officer. And then later on, they told him that because they were trying to grill him to find out, you know, what he knew or what who he was and what he was up to. Uh, Ruby was at the police station um, early that day. Then he was at the press conference that evening wearing horn rimmed glasses, correcting someone on a piece of information, a question they asked about Oswald being in the fair play for committee, fair play for Cuba committee. And um, that's what it was actually called. I forget what the incorrect version was, but Ruby corrects the person. He, he wasn't necessarily inconspicuous. I, I, he, you know, low level mobster. He, you know, he was he was the muscle. He was the heavy, but he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Yeah. And the, the other thing about the whole Ruby thing is that whenever I look at that picture, I'm like, these two police officers do not look like they're trying real hard to protect Oswald. Oh, no. It, the one guy's leaning away. Yep. And then guy the James Lee, that the other guy wasn't even looking at right. Ruby. He was so. What was he doing? You're, this guy killed the president, and <laughs> like James one guy looks like he's anticipating this happening, and the other guy doesn't even care what's going on. It's just really bizarre. Yeah, James Lavelle is the guy in the white suit with the hat. Yeah, and the Simpsons. The Simpsons have a favorite. great joke about. Great Simpsons have a great joke about that. That Homer Simpson goes to the James Lavelle bodyguard agency. You know, and he ends up really not being able to protect anyone. All of James Lavelle. But yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Is it incompetence or something else? Well, yes, and that again, along with all the other questions, it's like you'd figure in a you know basement full of cops at the police station, nobody should be able. Oh wait a second, here comes a guy waltzing right down the ramp. He walked in off of the street down a ramp. He he was he schmoozed everybody in the Ruby was a schmoozer with all the cops because you know they'd come to a strip club, you know low level nonsense. They'd let him get away with you know here's here's some girls, here's some booze. And so he shoes everybody wherever he was. He was just, you know, that greasy kind of criminal, low-level nonsense. So nobody thought much of him. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. No, we don't need strippers today, Jack, whatever. And, well, I'm going to watch. You know, bang. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, any other Jack Ruby questions, Len? No, just those main, those two. I, I will never forget that picture, though. First yeah. time I saw the picture, I was like, there's a lot going on in this picture. Well, That's and that happened on live TV, too. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, no wonder everybody said, like, even hearing one of your shots and seeing that, why it sticks in everybody's mind back then, you know. That was the first murder televised on on live TV. And everybody's already glued to the television because it was such a shocking event. And it's an event that yeah. everybody like our parents and, you know, aunts and uncles, you know, they can tell you exactly where they were when they heard that JFK was killed. It was, you know, in the national day of mourning. I mean, well, more celebrity fun facts. Um, some of the film footage leaving uh, Love Field after they're on their way to the Dallas parade route. There's a young Bill Paxton that uh, you can see on his parents' shoulder. And then after the assassination in um, 
Parkland Hospital, Meatloaf. Mr. Edie, I forget his first name. Um, Meatloaf was there. At, I mean, it, you can't make this stuff up. Right? When did you... His, his first, first name was Carnivorous. 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 That was his first uh, That was his first name, his Christian name. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Leave Mr. Edie alone. When, uh, when did you first become interested in all this? The, the first thing I ever saw was in 1977. There was a special called The Trial of Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. Uh, yes. With Lauren Green and Ben Gazzara. Yeah. And it was, it was so good. Uh, Frederick Forrest played uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. And it was if Lee Harvey Oswald had lived. Yes. And my mother, my mother was like, we are watching this. And my father's like, well, it's a good thing they shot that bastard. I don't want to watch it. You know, but it was this big to do in the house. So, you know, I'm like 11, 10 or 11. So I'm like, whoa, I got to watch this. If they're all up in arms, this has got to be something. <laughs> so I watched it and I was, I was intrigued, but then it sort of stopped because like, you know, again, nothing else was on TV and I'm 10. So how dare I read a book? You know, I'm like, all right. So went away for a few years and then in um, either a late freshman or sophomore in high school, sick. I had bronchitis for like a week and I was sick of watching I Love Lucy, bored to tears. And my mother, of course, my mother's, so basically it's my mother's fault. I had the book Best Evidence by David Lifton just sitting on the coffee table, which was right next to my little sick tray where I was all pathetic coughing. And I was probably looped up on some really high powered cough medicine. So I'm like, well, tired of Lucy. So I picked it up and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is that thing, you know, that. okay. And I I mean, let's see, I have the book with me here right now. It's like it's like 800 pages. If you would have told me, you know, as a freshman slash sophomore in high school, I'd read an 800 book, 800 page book voluntarily in under four days. I would have said you were insane. But I just I tore through it, you know, the, the mini photos in the paperback version and just the intrigue. All the characters are there. Um, this this man's particular conspiracy theory is there's a body swap on the um, Air Force One between Air Force between the two hospitals. Somehow there's a body swap and they alter the wounds to make it look like he was shot from the front, which eh, nowadays, but at the time, interesting as all hell. I mean, just yeah. and plus every other aspect of it. It's really in depth. It was, you know, a great starting point at that time in about 1981 ish, 82 ish um, with the information available at that point. Right. Because it keeps changing. I mean, they keep finding, you know, new things like the files keep coming out. You've heard recently there's been files trickling out, Yeah. Um, you know, since 2016. Um, no, nothing earth shattering, just teeny little pieces, you know, that somebody sees, you know, that just, ooh, there's, there's a little piece of the puzzle that might work, but nothing groundbreaking. But back between 1980 and now, so much is held between 1980 and the release of the JFK movie. If you've seen the JFK movie, I'd say 40% of the quote unquote, you know, conspiracy facts they have in there, if they were known at the time, that this Jim Garrison was trying to prosecute for the Kennedy assassination. If they were known at that time, he probably would have been able to prosecute someone. I mean, that's how much more was in there from the time of that story to when the movie was made. But that's what I love about the Oliver Stone movie, just for the reason it got people interested in it. And it really just kind of takes the shotgun approach. Everything's out there. Like here, we look at it. Here, here are all the possibilities. I remember. I, I, keep want- on, I keep on to call the guy who gets prosecuted, Clay Collins from SCT. <laughs> but that's not a thing. Glad to know my music turns out beautiful. <laughs> Ladies like you.
We'll yes, let's, Clay Shaw. Yeah. We'll get to let's let's get into all that all this, but before He's Clay Collins to me. I'm sorry, I'm gonna call him Clay Collins. I, I can roll with Collins. Before we get into the suspects, Len, do you have anything you wanted to ask before we dive into theories on who was behind the killing? Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Another thing I just read recently. So Robert Kennedy supposedly did some stuff so that people wouldn't find out about all the ailments his brother was suffering from. He didn't want that. Yes. So uh, what would be the reason for that? A different day and age, you had to look strong and virile and be. But he's there. I mean, sexy, not to be but morbid, but he's already dead. So who cares if that gets out? It's not like he's running for president anymore. I, I honestly don't know. He also wanted some of the morbid curiosity stuff to go away as well. He's the one who supposedly had the brain or got received the brain and either disposed of it or buried it with his body because that's another piece of evidence that's missing from the uh, archives is is the um, his brain. They put it in a jar and it went into evidence. And that's a key piece of evidence since he was shot in the head, especially nowadays, they can do all sorts of even more ballistic kind of tests and find out which way the shots came from and that sort of thing. But he supposedly took it and buried it with the body because he didn't want um, just that morbid you know, mm-hmm. thing to continue. And Kennedy, another thing, Kennedy had something called Addison's disease that his spine and his back were really painful. Um, And one of the reasons when he got shot in the throat that he couldn't bend over properly or like get out of the way, he had a back brace on. So like, even if he wanted to, he was, you know, forced in an upright position and he just kind of, you know, leaned over a little bit. He couldn't, you know, shrink himself down and get out of the way. Um, He was totally a sitting duck. Oh yeah, he, he was screwed. And and like he knew it. He had said like two days earlier, someone wants to get me, they'll get me. And I think that's the worst Kennedy impression. <laughs> Somebody call Oaken up. I need Oaken to do his Kennedy for me. Ernie could probably do a good Kennedy. Ernie does a good Kennedy, but you need yeah. a couple of drinks. And I'm not going to be a part of that. <laughs> With good reason. Yes. Let that... Uh, um what the the Robert the Robert Kennedy stuff does make sense. You're like I I can't. I'm just tired of this stuff. I'm protecting my brother. I, I at least get that. Yeah. So let's get into theories of who was behind it. There are several kind of suspects, and let's get some it, of the, let's get it some. It was of you the, and me, according to Mick Jagger. It was you and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can get when did when did Sympathy for the Devil? What year did that come out? 68. 68. Or is it 69? Yeah. 68 or 69. Every, everybody was fresh. Yeah. It was, I shouted out who killed the Kennedys. Yeah. So in the main in the mainstream. Oh my god. Someone's yelling about it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we accept that it was Oswald and Saran Saran. We are questioning it as Englishmen. <laughs> well, let's let's get another let's get another podcast about the RFK. Anyway. Um Absolutely. Well, the, it's amazing the foreign interest in I mean in in the Kennedy assassination is amazing like if uh, um, people I've met from England and from uh, France you know you just start talking and then you mention the Kennedy assassination and they're like eh. but as soon as you start talking oh oh you, you know you just start talking conspiracy with them and they're all over what was that sorry I was uh, I was uh, uh, consulting my Encyclopedia Britannica for facts and I oh I well yeah you let Jeff, hit on a, let I accidentally hit on a video excuse me <laughs> 
<laughs> Steve accidentally was playing some Archduke Archduke Ferdinand conspiracy video. Yes. <laughs> you know, if he if he would have went the movie. right way the first time, there would have never been any World War One. But we're going to edit this in post. What's going on? All right, let's talk about potential uh, killers. Uh, one killers. One theory put that LBJ himself was behind the plot to kill JFK. Blood, money, and power. LBJ. How LBJ killed JFK. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of theories because LBJ had a lot of heavies. Um, mainly, there was a guy named Mac Wallace who had um, killed a couple of people who LBJ was enemies with. Um, but it being Texas, he like he got sentenced to five years, but only served like 25 minutes for the first one. You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and the guy's name was Mac Wallace. And there's from the technical side of the assassination, not the political side. There's there's um, theories that he was in the sixth floor with Oswald um, because the uh, the only fingerprint evidence found on the sixth floor was a um, paper bag or was it the box? I'm forgetting this now. Um, but right at the sniper's nest, as it's known. And it, it's just part of a uh, part of a palm print fingerprint. And um, they say, oh, yeah, that was Oswald. But somebody came along later and matched it. it. It like matches to all 13 points that are visible to Mac Wallace's fingerprints, you know, from uh, prison. So mm-hmm. he was potentially up there and did it. And, you know, he's JFK's uh, hitman heavy. Um, again, when you look at motive and opportunity, who, who you know, he hated Kennedy. They hated each other. Right. Um, the only reason he was on the bill with Kennedy was because um, some bargain was made, you know, political nonsense. But it's like, you got to take LBJ if you're going to run for um, the president. So he's like, you know, begrudgingly takes it and they would fight all the time. And he was going to drop him from the 64, uh, the, the, the 62, 64 election. He was going to drop him and go with somebody else. And LBJ kind of caught wind of that. So they're thinking, well, you know, LBJ doesn't want to look like a schmuck. He's he's a tough guy. And he was known, if, if, if you've ever read anything about LBJ, he was an asshole. He was a dick. Oh. And he... He he was. I mean, he he created the whole in-your-face bullying um, amongst gentlemen, if you will. You know, he he was just an ass. I've read uh, that Robert Caro volume set on LBJ, and I couldn't agree. Oh. The guy was oh, yeah. a complete, uh, uh, yeah, a, a crazy. He was crazy. Yeah, and no, anybody who knows him, they're like, it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, if he was the one behind it, because it's like he's an ass. And he has a he had a mistress, Madeline Brown, who was uh, who came out and said that the night before the assassination, when they were in Dallas, they were hooking up. He said, "Well, I won't have to worry about those goddamn Kennedys after tomorrow." And oh, she's really? Like, yeah. There, there's a quote, yeah, and, and she's like, "What does that mean?" And it's something like, "You'll see." And you know, but yeah, he she <laughs> she says that, that he said that the night before. Chilling. Um, guess who else was in Dallas the morning of this? The night before in the morning of the assassination, uh, Mr. Richard Nixon. Uh, there's there's a whole again, you know, the cast of characters and the little coincidences. It just gets it never runs out. It's always intrigue. Oh, what? It's crazy. It's just insane. All this stuff. It, it is. It, gets, it, it, it spooks you out. A little bit. Oh yeah, and the weird thing is, unlike all this like Q nonsense that's going on now, it's like all these people with their nut job conspiracies trying to prove what is happening in the future. Like back in the day, in my day, well, my day when I was young, <laughs> you know, before the internet, like you got well researched books. You know, like Mark Lane who wrote 
Rush, Rushford Judson and his last book, uh, Last Word, you know, which is fine. You know, I might, I might give a list later of what people should, you know, look, check out. Um, I think, yeah, at the end of the, right before we end, you should list some good resources. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. like, he, he was a well respected lawyer. You know, like the original material that you were reading, like Mark Lane, respected lawyer, Cyril Weck, a, a, you know, a forensic pathologist for 25 years before he started writing things, you know, real research. Yet Michael they're, Jagger. Yeah, they're not completely. Keith Lind Richards. They're not saying that whatever has happened or predicting, you know, it's not this wild cuckoo stuff. And that's that's kind of the turnoff now because you go online. I, I'm members of many political assassination sites that, you know, talk about JFK or whatever. And you can tell the serious people for about 20, you know, 20 or not even 20, you get three or four bits out of them. And then some jackass comes in and starts spouting nonsense or yeah. the nonsense posts. So I, I miss the old days when everyone was mildly credible and actually trying to research. And that's the thing about the Kennedy assassination. It's it's a second right thing in the past, you know, not trying to predict the future. You can look back and try to see what you can find. Others have claimed that the right wing, uh, speaking of speaking of QAnon and crazy people, that right various right wing groups slash white supremacists slash John Texas yeah. on Birch Society. John, John Birch Society. I was just going to mention that. Those, but they were responsible. Yeah, all those wackos. There's, there's, there's a um, recording of a man uh, who's a John Bircher named Joseph Militier recorded uh, the week before the Kennedy assassination saying that next week I'm going to go down to Dallas and watch I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but he's going to go watch watch the event, watch it happen. watch. Kennedy. And there's pictures of him along Houston Street standing there and it's like clearly him, just, you know, right with nut job it was going to happen went to dallas to watch it oh man yeah they um and their time and, and that kind of what what was the main problem they had with kennedy um civil rights i had read civil one. rights yeah yeah civil rights was one he wanted to pull out of vietnam i believe the papers were already signed to pull out of vietnam and all the right-wing war hawks wanted to stay in vietnam and actually wanted to escalate it you know the as it's been another term coined right before the assass assassination by uh, eisenhower the military industrial complex you know guys making money off the war you're pulling out of vietnam you're they're not going to make cash who else is making cash out of that the oil guys in texas you know uh -huh. uh, there's a whole list of everybody who hated jfk i mean so you got your right wing you know and a lot of the cia folks the fringe well they print but they're all cia but they were trying to help uh assassinate um castro because they want you know anti-communist that was another big all the anti-communists which tend to lean to the right-wing folks so that sort of ties over to the anti uh anti-castro cuban angle which is a huge one huge. um because that's that's where you tie in the cia and the and the bay of pigs which if for the kids out there if you don't know what the bay of pigs is um castro took over cuba liberated cuba whatever you want to call it kicked out the mob who were running their casinos because cuba was las vegas before las vegas was las vegas right. so the mafia loses a ton of money and it becomes a communist country and he's buddying up with um, russia it's the cold war so everybody's that it, that's a bad thing so everybody wants to get rid of castro including all the cubans that got kicked out of cuba who wanted to go back to the way it was so the cia was working with a lot of those folks to lead a revolt to take cuba back over and kennedy came into office and there was already a plan to invade and use air support use our military to aid these cuban rebels that were being trained by our cia and um kennedy was not 
really given like the details of what was going on. They were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this thing. Hey, uh, hey, uh, just help us out when the time comes. And he gets the phone call and they're like, hey, you need to send in air support right now. We need this many planes and this. And he's like, no, that's like an act of war. No, we're not doing that. And he declined the, the air support. So all these Cuban um, Cuban exiles that were invading were sitting ducks. They were all either killed or put in jail. So now the Cuban population in, in the country hates him. The CIA guys who set this up hate him. So he's got more in and he's got enemies with guns on the inside, you know, connected. Right. It, se- it seems like that. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So, um, but you brought up the mafia and uh, Martin Scorsese's movie, The Irishman, to me, lays it out pretty simply in that uh, the mafia said, hey, if uh, if we back you for president, will you, you know, kick the communists out so that we can have our Las Vegas back and make a lot of money? And he said, absolutely. You got it. And then Welshed. Yeah. Oh, and even then- worse. And then also was banging the girlfriend of the mobster. Sam uh, Giancana. Sam Giancana. Judith Exner. Yes. Judith Exner. And so that to me is that. So they're like, yeah, you can't screw over the mafia like that and expect to get away with it. You just well, well, here's 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 the thing about that too. Not only did they help him get elected in the Chicago area too, they put him over. Um, like his brother rabidly went after them in in you know committee hearings. He was trying to bring them down completely. It's not just I'm not going to get you Cuba back. My brothers and, and they were incensed at the Kennedy brothers. And I, was it Hoffa? I forget which guy it's attributed to, but they were like, I want to kill that son of a bitch. Talking about. Um, Bobby and then somebody else says to him, No, you got to he's just the tail. You gotta you gotta cut the head off of the dog if you want the tail to stop wagging. So, you know, reference to kill kill the president, and that guy will be able to do nothing, which is essentially what happened afterwards. As soon as he was killed, yeah. no more investigation. Well, but the mob hate, yeah, they were mad um, at him for that. And they're also tied in again with the Cubans, the anti-Castro Cubans. They were in, you know, in cahoots trying to get back into Cuba and take it over from Castro. Um, the CIA, even previously to that, it's, it's been shown, um, was using uh, mafia folks for various tasks they didn't want to get their hands dirty with. So that's where you sort of, sort of get that unholy trinity of CIA, you know, Cuban exiles and mafia folks that all came are, together, you know, and all very capable and <laughs> wanting, you know, there's so many people who are just, I mean, even people who had nothing to do with were passive, you know, parts of the quote unquote conspiracy because they're like, oh, good, he's finally dead. Thank God. Now I can do what I want to, you know. Well, the <laughs> CIA, you know, Kennedy um, famously was quoted for saying he was going to, you know, after the Bay of Pigs, he felt that they screwed him by not letting him know what they were planning and springing it on him. And, you know, various other misinformations from them was going to scatter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it into the wind. There's a quote along those lines. So they knew that he was out for them. He wanted to shut them down. So yeah, that's not a great enemy to make either. Okay. We've gone through the top list of suspects. Now through your own extensive research in REM, uh, you know, songs and Oliver Stone marathons, 
what is your theory on what happened or your what what makes the most sense to you what makes the most sense as i sort of just ma- mentioned a little bit of the passive we're going to turn the other way and let things go because it's advantageous to us that would be part of the quote unquote cover up issues um i mean there's a lot of that too as well at the cover or cover up level but like um the secret service like completely failed so they were not going to want to look bad so if it was just the one guy who did it great you know okay that's the least you know worst for us to look you know um same with the see everybody prodding each other in this direction yeah that guy did it um cool patsy yeah everybody was clean here's the thing i think oswald was involved in some capacity without a doubt if if you even and again with the kennedy assassination you could pick any certain portion of it and research the hell out of it forever and just there's so many books written on oswald i mean he defected to to Russia. He was a, uh, he worked at the Atsuki um, U-2 spy base in Japan. That's where he's trained in the Marines. He defects to Russia. A year and a half later, later, the first ever U-2 spy plane gets shot down. Gary Francis Powers. I don't know if a lot of Americans remember. I mean, you'd have to be like my parents' age, you know, our parents, you know, dead people's age. Even like baby boomers might <laughs> barely remember. It'd be a big news story if you were my dad, mom and dad going, Jesus Christ, you got a U-2 spy plane. We're all going to get, you know, blown into a Bolivian. Um, but those were never shot down. They flew. The like, theory is Oswald, as part of his defectorship, whatever, when he defected, gave them information on how to shoot that down. But yeah, I mean, even looking back, that happens. And then like a year later, Oswald comes home, gets interviewed and given money to go move with his Russian bride into a new apartment somewhere. And, you know, that was the height of the Cold War. I mean, with no problem. It was insane. Whatsoever. Yeah, it was no problem. He skates back in like nothing ever happened. Um, you know, thoughts are that it was a false defector program. La, la, la. There are books written that he was replaced with a double while he was in Russia. There's some great stuff. Uh, again, if there's anything you want to look at, just look into that guy's life. It's just really bizarre. And he was dead at 24. And so yeah. very, very strange stuff. But looking at all, even especially the funny part is you could just take what the Warren Commission says about the guy and go, okay, this guy had some to do with it sure definitely and that helps it but you never place him up there actually doing it and then you tie him together with the mob with your ruby um with your cuban gun runners in new orleans there's ties to that um he he, he fits in as being someone involved at a level did he pull the trigger maybe he might have been one of the gunmen um as we know physically it, it, it there was at least two people shooting but i do believe he was involved um who else would be involved let's see there's some great st- there's some great names that have passed there's a uh, some French, uh, some French Corsican mafia type guys that were supposedly flown in. Um, Jean Swetra, Lucien Sarti, they flew in, they put the trigger and they go home, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just so uh, weird that so many people were there that you've mentioned. Yeah. It's like yeah. a supervillain team up to oh, it's, build a superhero. And people who were there just to watch, like there was a right wing general, General Edwin Lansdale. There's pictures of him walking with, uh, oh, another great stud, Charles Harrow. Woody Harrelson's dad uh, claimed to have done that, but he also claimed to be one of the three tramps, which were, um, I'll explain that in a second, but this Edwin Lansdale is a bunch of those photos walking past those guys with an earpiece and listening to some, so it's really strange, but the three tramps were three guys arrested in a boxcar right behind the grassy knoll. There's train tracks back there and they were arrested and taken into custody and there's pictures of them and various people, they claim to be various people. Um, One of the people People think one of them is Woody Harrelson's dad, Charles Harrelson, who uh, was in prison for being a contract killer. He killed a federal judge. Um, later said he didn't do it. I was high on cocaine when I admitted that. 
Um, <laughs> who else? Oh, E. Howard Hunt of Watergate fame no, and no. Frank Sturgis of uh, Watergate fame are supposedly the other two um, tramps. Um, there's there's varying reports. Like uh, finally, in like 1992, the Dallas police claimed it was like some guy named Gedney. They they have three names and they're all dead. You know, conveniently, so they can't be interviewed. Um, and one of the guys looks like a drawing um, of the first like sketch artist of who shot MLK. Like it's like exact. It's like creepy stuff. So, so then there's something now to tie you to the MLK assassination. Um, guys who were at, you know, in Daily Plaza were also at the JRFK assassination. But back, okay, back to uh, who, who did it? Um, who didn't do it, really? You know, they were all um, uh, they were all involved. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Getting to the minutia of like who the gunmen are is where it always gets to the point where you're like, could be this know. guy, could be Johnny Rose Johnny Roselli from the mob was supposedly there. He was a hitman out of Chicago. Um, that's one of the more famous claims. Um, a couple debunked ones. There was a guy, Roscoe White, who was a Dallas police officer, and after he passed away, his wife and son found this diary that, you know, had all this it's stuff great. that fit perfectly him into him being uh, what is known as a uh, another character from the you know, thing known as Badge Man. There's uh, some photograph where people think they see someone behind a grassy knoll that has a badge so it's like someone who is wearing a police uniform so mm. people are thinking that that could be the roscoe white um there's so many oh james files there's a great there's a couple great uh, dvds this uh guy named james files claims he's the one who shot um kennedy from the grassy knoll with a particular type of gun and again he knows charles nicoletti you know all the little sort of details you know he's got all the little information and stuff but yet somehow you're like eh, i don't know if that's him and every you know it's like you're in jail yeah you're are you are you are you the are you really the guy or are you just trying to make a buck exactly and there's so much of that to uh people just trying to make a buck with whacked out theories one of my favorites is one of the secret service um agents in the backup car accidentally shot him with their ar-15 he was pulling out his gun to protect the president and the car lurched forward and his gun went off and he he's the one who shot him so then that is why like after the fact the secret service are trying to keep everybody out and cover everything up and clean everything up like oh we don't know what happened um and it's funny there's a book too and this guy goes into like and that's another great thing sometimes it just gets so crazy with the you know like this guy has his protractors like the angles of the shot from the distance of the and it's like trying to prove that this guy did it um some guy shot him from the drain hole um it, it it's just it's just fascinating how many different options you can come up with for who actually did it. Did you, have you been to Dallas and taken the tour and seen all that? You've, you've gone down there, haven't you? Oh, oh yeah. I went with them. You went to that? Yeah. Let him yeah. with me. We kept making jokes that people were following Dan around because he knew too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then he disappeared at one point and then Oaken was all worried. <laughs> It was me that came back, not my double. So well, uh, we're not sure. You know, what's weird is it's so much smaller in person. Like if you, I mean, having watched all the films and looked at all the pictures, I'm like, you know, oh, you know, it's, it, and then you get there, you're like, wow, everything's really close and right up. And like people who say they were, you know, 15 feet away, I'm like, they were 15 feet away. That's pretty close. Like, yeah, you, you take their word for it. And um, so is there, it's like, is it like a museum where you just go and tour the very, well, 
on the sixth, I, the sixth floor has been converted to the sixth floor museum. Um, it is a um, Lee Harvey Oswald did it, you know, at the end of the day, that's what they go with. But they do entertain, and not mockingly, they, they do entertain other possibilities and conspiracy theories throughout because you can't ignore it. I mean, it's you, you can't ignore it. So they, they don't, and they do entertain them. But at the end of the day, they say, no one has yet proven that no one besides Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, but at the same time, you want to say no one has proven he's actually done it. Right. But since he's dead, you can't. They have some fantastic footage there, though. So, I mean, it's a definite must visit. Um, they have a lot of stuff that now you can get online. When I first went, you know, it was what, 92, 91, 92? And, Early um, 90s, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I mean, pre-internet. So, like, yeah. I, you know, I just stand in with my mouth open going, oh, my God, I've never seen this. And now you can get it all there. As the security <laughs> keeps walking slowly towards him. Yeah. They, they have a... Uh, website jeff jeffk.org i believe it is it's just is their website you can get all the you know news footage and all that stuff to watch um for free there used to be a conspiracy museum in a mall right behind there about a block away and it was it was fantastic it was like a really well done eighth grade science project with like <laughs> poster boards and, <laughs> and little dioramas that like high school kids like good like really good a student dioramas but still it was like schlocky just enough and it wasn't too expensive to get in and it was still cool because it's like look at all the conspiracy theories and we're right by the site and you know and you can drink beer in there so it's even better so yeah. <laughs> and do they give you like tours of like you know very like you know the tech where the texas theater was and where lee harvey oh, there, yeah there's a whole bus tour now you you can go to all the particular sites you can go to you know the oswald's boarding house where he changed and picked up his revolver then they take it to the uh texas uh theater um watch words hell yep i don't know if you get to watch it but um he should. There's there's a famous photo of him holding a rifle with a communist newspaper in his hand. Yes. Um, that is faked. I'm like, even today, people are like, yeah, you know, we've spent now with modern technology. So it's clearly faked. And he said it. They showed it to him the night he was arrested. He goes, that's that's my face, but that's not me. But you can go visit that location on this tour. Um, so wait a minute. That picture's fake. Yeah, the one where he's standing there with the gun. With the gun. Right. Yeah, it was the, everywhere, though. Yeah, that was on the cover so of Life magazine. Fake? Who did the uh, fake? Who well, did the fake? We don't know who did the fake. Who did it? But yeah, it's, so fake. it seems like just they were just piling on. Yeah. He killed a cop. He was a communist. All this stuff so that you didn't look anywhere else. Right. And that, I mean, and that was yeah. the whole focus of the Warren Commission. They didn't want anyone else that just let's bury this. Which now, you know, that's this is sort of like the birth of conspiracy stuff because they because when you do that and then people start questioning it then they start questioning other things and through the through the jfk thing the questioning of the cia i mean i'm sure you've heard recently all these like mk ultra mind control and all these weird projects that the cia had that people are like what the hell is our government doing and that's where a lot of the distrust was so because before this everybody like the government said something they're like okay we'll breathe in ddt whatever right. You know, right. they, they said it was good enough. We fought in the World War Two. You listen to them. But then after this, you know, and seeing like Operation Northwoods, uh, uh, let's kill a bunch of Americans in a plane and blame it on Cuba so we can attack them, you know, and people were just shocked that someone would even suggest that and distrust is sown. And that's now, you know, 60 years later, you have your Q freaks who can't disseminate truth from bullshit. Yeah, from what's a, from complete fantasy. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this JFK assassination, like pop culture 
Like you've got all those books behind you. Before we get into the books, like what are some of the best movies or uh, you know TV or videos that you've seen? Is there a documentary? Is there a good documentary on all well, this? There, there's some great stuff, and that's the thing. Like, what's funny is half of my stuff is on VHS tape. That's how old it is. You know, <laughs> there's a great thing out of e- England called The Men Who Killed Kennedy. It's either five or six or six or seven um, videotapes long, parts long. Um, the United States got one last part they for some they wouldn't release it with one of the tapes which when you see later um it's not that terrible but it's extra information that was never shown here but the men who killed kennedy um nigel uh, what's his name nigel turner bbc produced it somewhere in the 80s it's fantastic more stuff has come out since then but it's a great cover the bases a little bit long because it's you know six dvds worth but it's it's a fantastic one even the movie jfk um by uh oliver stone is good i mean get around the fact that it's not necessarily historically accurate for what the, the trial he's trying to portray in this character of Jim Garrison that Kevin Costner plays, who looks absolutely nothing like Jim Garrison. Jim right. Garrison had like one eye bugging out. He was six, eight. <laughs> looked, I mean, he looked like a sleaze stack. Um, they should have got George Merjan to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then here you got Kevin Costner going back into the you know. Um, but that movie has great performances as well. That just, I mean, Joe Pesci as um, the David Ferry person, who's another absolutely insane character in the you know Kennedy assassination mythos. He he's so much fun to read about and scary looking at elopation and Joe Pesci plays that in the movie. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other good long form videos. Well, have you guys heard the, the podcast by Rob Reiner, the, the latest uh, Rob Reiner assassination podcast? No. That he did? That is excellent. Um, I was not going in thinking much was going to, but he does a great job of explaining and going into it in depth enough and letting you know when he's going to get back to something and not confuse you, which that's the other thing. There's so many layers and so many avenues and ways to look at the assassination that it's hard to really get a good base if you know nothing about it where to start that's another good one like i said also with the movie jfk and then that the men who killed kennedy um bbc nigel turner and then the podcast by uh i hope i'm not giving a competitor a competing pod, uh, podcast uh, <laughs> rob reiner did text me today and said hey i was supposed to have dan on my podcast <laughs> you tell him there's this- some bad blood you tell him his ass should be working on Spinal Tap too, because I've been waiting for 40 years. I think they're making it. I think they're making it. No, they are. They are. I just read yesterday. They got everybody back, and I hope I don't die before it comes out. Um, what about... Uh... What about like fiction or uh, like books? Like I've got, um, I've got some books that I've, uh, they're, but they're fiction. But they're the yeah. uh, the topic is the JFK assassination. Was was that show with uh, Chris Cooper and James Franco? Was that based on the Stephen King story where he well, goes in the back of yeah, the doctor yeah, with uh, the machine? November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. That's a, a yes. huge Stephen King book. Was that Fiction based? Book. Was that was that show based on that book? Yeah. Okay, because I've seen the first four episodes and I haven't watched the end of it yet. But I enjoyed that as much as you know. Again, I'm more like the hardcore. If it's fiction, I'm kind of like eh, I, I, I want to know what really happened. Um, right, right. But I, there was a graphic novel that came out last year um, that Lee Harvey Oswald survived. Like after he got shot, they 
were able to take him in that ambulance and take him somewhere else. And um, he was fine. You know, they did surgery and he was fine. But then they ended up murdering him like a week later because he's an asshole. You know, <laughs> typical graphic novel stuff. But, you know, they delve into the dark personalities of all those involved and they're all infighting. And so they end up um, trying to think. Uh, what are I have, while you're, I while you're reading, I have, I have one that I read. Do you ever read any James Elroy? He wrote, he's probably best known for LA confidential. That's it. Oh. Um, which they made into a movie with Kim Basinger. And yeah. Yeah. Bro. Um, what did he wrote something on the he, he wrote three books that kind of, they calls it his underworld USA trilogy. Ooh. And, uh, it's called uh, Amer- first is American tabloid. The second is called the cold 6,000. And the third is called blood's a Rover. And they get, they, they leave nothing unspared and it's all about, well, it's about a lot of things, but the yeah. assassination is central to it and really well done. The, the, um, the assass the assassin is a guy named Pete Bondarant. He's also a Corsican. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, so you go with the Corsican angle on that one. Yeah. Everybody always seems to pick one of the various assassination types. You got your Cuban or your, your Corsican or the very exotic ones. That's right. more your spy thriller. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, ent- entertainment wise, years ago, back when T when computers had like the, you know cd games there was a um oh, what was the name of it but basically you had it's a first person shooter and you're lee harvey oswald at the kennedy assassination and it just starts with the car coming around <laughs> coming up houston going around and the goal of the game is you need to pull off the assassination in the exact timing that oswald purportedly did it and um which is impossible like i played it we gotta get that into the schools no well it's it's even more bizarre (laughs) because like it's it's like that mid-90s bad blocky 3d graphic kind of thing it's still good but when things move really fast it's blocky and weird but like as it's coming towards you you can shoot the driver the car goes out of control bodies go flying out of it it's it's morbid yet somehow um i shouldn't say it's entertaining but it somehow is it's it's one of the strangest video games i've ever seen but that was a big to do back in the day people were appalled <laughs> or delighted you know so uh the only the uh but we're doing this podcast in audio so the listeners even the diamond listeners cannot see the stack of books thank god they can't Next. see me diamond yeah. listeners can see it well, the diamond they might be a little can. constrained by their costumes they've worn today the babushka yes. ladies and the umbrella men, but they can see him. There's a huge stack of books all on the Kennedy assassination. Looks like there's about what, what, 12 to 15 books there. There's like 11 ish, but th- this is, this is just the, um, half of it's fan fiction beef. And uh, I wrote a couple of those, a small, a small portion of it. Um, I've, you know, what's great is I have like a whole stack of like, cause the national Enquirer or like the weekly world news. Well, you know, bad boy killed Kennedy, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Those are always hilarious. Bad boy gets around. Bad boy is going to live. Bad boy is going to live forever. I think. What was funny is back in the day, nobody would publish anything about the assassination that was controversial except for Larry Flint. So, like, I, you know, at one point, I'm like, oh man, I need like the May 1975 issue of Gallery because it has this article. In it. So I'm like. God damn it. I look like some, you know, so I get the issue of gallery and everybody's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hold on, get to page 22. And it's like, there's a, you know, picture of Kennedy's brain or, you know, like autopsy photo. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, 
dude, it, it, that's the only place that prints this, you know, and, and he did all sorts of weird free press stuff that like would <laughs> dedicate itself to the Kennedy assassination. But yeah, cause his whole freedom of speech wasn't just, you know, naked ladies and things. He, you know, he was a big person to get like, you know, the information out that anybody had a theory. The truth. Go out, print it. So uh, what are some of your favorite books there that like that you would recommend to someone who wants to understand it or oh, like a really well-written book? Uh, you, you can always go with the original. I mean, going way back, Rush to Judgment starts off with the basics. And that's from like 1966. Mark Lane. Anything by Mark Lane. Mark Lane's a bit, one of, he was known as like the, one of the granddaddies. What's, what's his last name? Lane. L-A-N-E. Rush to Judgment. Okay. Rush to Judgment. One of his more recent ones and he I believe he claimed it was going to be his last one, but it's called Last Word, My Indictment of the CIA and the Murder of JFK. And it goes in way deeper than that. I mean, and again, it gives the overview. Um, so this guy was not afraid. Oh, no, he was. If he printed it that early, because you said it came out in 66. Is that what 66 you said? Was, he was the first one to come out with it. Wow. He was a brave man um, for putting that out there. There's so much. So the, anything by uh, Dick Russell is another one he did uh, on the Trail of Assassins. Dick Russell. Um, yeah. And as far as photographs, these are pricey, but, um, and it depends on when they're in print and out of print, but Robert Groden, again, he's the guy who, uh, was able to get the copy of the Zucruder film. He, he was supposed to do something with, I forget, he was working for the government and he made an extra copy, put it in his pocket and left kind of thing. Really, you know, he, he shouldn't be dead, but, um, he was the one who got it out to the public. Um, Robert Groden, he's got a couple of books. Um, they're chock filled with photography. I mean, they have all the pictures all of the photos all of the um he has a dvd as well called the complete films and it's just any film taken at the assassination no matter how you know inane it might appear you know you see a witness who was there you know a half hour before and people are trying to find out who it is kind of thing but robert Gordon's stuff is always great too um but again his stuff will be pricey you can find it but if you want great pictures and things of that like he's he's where to go youtube is great if you know what you're specifically like kind of searching for like if you so just look for gallery on youtube is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look for if you look for JFK assassination, you get a lot of the basics, or you get you know some newfangled half cartoon thing going ten possible conspiracies, you know, and it's done in five minutes, and it just gives you an overview. But if you're like you know, I want to see X, Y, or Z, um, that's a way to go. Um, there's a thing there's a thing available. I believe Amazon might still have it, if not eBay, called Evidence of Revision. It's six DVDs of nothing but film footage. No one's speaking over it. It's just film footage from local TVs, uh, local TV stations and whatever of the JFK assassination, um, MLK, RFK. Um, there's something else in there too. Um, but it just, when you're just watching the, the way they talk about things and things that are said at the time, it's like, and there were two shooters, you know, that kind of, yeah. and, you know, not, I don't want to say misinformation, but the way the information is reported, um, it's, it's incredibly interesting. What's um, wild? I've seen that because what's wild to me is that they let the, they let the media into the police station. Mm -hmm. like they like, they show him like going into the jail, yeah. They're like right there. Yeah. Oh, and that was, and they're all smoking 
cigarettes, which is also unbelievable. Me hilarious. Everybody just chain smoke. Hey, look at this fattest guy. Oh, he's, he's going down, isn't he? And they're going um, to the anchorman, and the anchorman's on two phones. He's like, yeah. oh, yes, I have one report, and then he's on another phone, and and uh, he's got a heater in his right hand too. While well, he's got the phone thing, they're almost burning his eyebrows off. Go so great. They get the scoop. Yeah. Um. It's 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 so again like, it's so fascinating. Every little aspect of it can be just dissected. I mean, now it's getting dissected to stupidity. If in some of the stuff I'm following, I'm like, you know, but still it's, there's always a character somewhere and the whole timeline. And at the end of the day, it's not, nobody's ever going to really solve it. I mean, even if somebody came out and said, I did it, somebody's going to somehow disprove it or claim, no, he didn't. I mean, they're all new. Anybody, nobody would be dumb enough to come out and say they did it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the greatest mystery that will never be solved. So I can't understand why every, you know, middle-aged housewife in America isn't a big JFK assassination buff because they watch murders every night on Dateline. It's the original original kind of like, I mean, true crime is such a huge movie now. And this is like the original, the the very first big true crime. I mean, I mean, you really could call this the crime of the century. I mean, what was bigger than JFK assassination? Ah, the Lindbergh baby. They got away with the, uh, the Manson murders. That was my, uh, uh, I read well, that was your th- when you were talking about the, the book- day Courtney Vandersloot stole my heart, Pete. That is the biggest crime. That is the crime of the century. Yes. <laughs> So uh, the Manson murders were your. The, I read. Help. When you were talking about the you you instead of watching I Love Lucy, you read that JFK book. I, you read Helter Skelter. I read Helter Skelter. My parent or my mom was totally scandalized. She oh, said to my dad, you know, what's what do you have this book where he can look at like murder victims, <laughs> murder victims, and he's only thirteen. But like you, yeah, I, I read that. Through, I read that pretty young too. Or through that book. Yeah, and so, Vincent Bugliosi, who uh, was uh, involved with that, was also uh, in, in wrote couple books about the kennedy assassination um he's a oswald did it alone guy though so he's he's you know he's not credible he's yeah yeah <laughs> osner both those guys the apologists the warren commission apologists they can all forget uh len do you have any other things that we I have two last two last ones dan jfk and rfk assassinations are they tied together not so much like tied together but that you know rfk was you know again an extension of the jfk presidency so people are like eh, we can't have that again um are there ties yes there there are people who are at both events um well, cia operative uh, david morales i mean there's and there's photo photographic proof you know that he was at both and you know but yeah basically you know you take out the cuban element but you go back to the cia ish mafia ish element of where things are going fine since we got rid of the first one you know they got once they got away with that one it was i don't think there was much of a thought about what are we going to do if he's a lot lot of similar enemies yeah and there are thoughts that chappaquiddick was a a setup but i doubt that that's more i read about that it's like teddy was a drunk all right (laughs) it's just the same thing yeah and then my other one well there is some stuff that's but you said you mentioned stuff was trickling out do you think anything bigger will come out about this that's the thing i don't think it would actually come out if there's something big enough to really like they'll still cover it up even though it was 61 years ago almost now 
still hit the if there's something big enough to go wow i don't think it would actually come out um they always say they're holding documents for national security and that always begs the question who why who, who's still out you know back in the day it could have been who's who's in the field that you want to protect so they don't get murdered as a spy and all that stuff but um but everyone's probably old now yeah or dead it's like you're old or dead it's like there's no there should be nothing left um so yeah it, it's surprising that they are still redacting things um a lot of stuff is i mean recent stuff that has been coming out has all a lot of it's been focused on that cuban somewhat mafia angle yeah i mean the mafia, but they're more on cuban activities of folks um and where that points to um again no smoking guns by any means just little another little thread here another little piece here that you know people are looking into and trying to figure out and if you've ever looked at uh, you know a lot of the documents it's 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 tedious it's almost like reading a computer novel you're like uh you know trying to learn how to program like, yeah whatever yeah oh here's a piece that looks interesting it's it's long and and very governmental so it can be dry as burnt toast so right. um i wait for someone else to you know do the digging and say hey look at this <laughs> yeah I, yeah Probably when we're like in our 70s and 80s is when that's going to come out. Like we'll be really, you know, I feel like something will come out. I don't know. I don't know why I think that. I have no good reason. Nicholas Cage is going to find out, Beeve. Yes. I would love it. On his deathbed. I I would love it, but I'm not holding my breath. Nicholas crashes the code. (laughs) Cracks the code. That's Cage's Cage's next movie. His his true crime opus. Yeah. I'd watch. Um, I, I would. I'd watch anything with JFK assassination, conspiracy, Nicolas Cage, take my money. I mean, if they could somehow get a tiger involved with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's that's throwing a few Cuban tigers. Absolutely. Oh, that's now you're talking, Lynn. And some robots. Um and <laughs> instant classic. We'll work on it. Me and Bebo yes, right to rewrite our Jefferson airplane movie. Yeah, we're working on our Jefferson airplane saga. Oh, do tell. What's uh it's just, are you starting with oh, just from airplane to starship? Um, you starting with Sinjay Anderson, or are you where are you gonna um yep. oh, good. and going all the Mickey Thomas getting punched in the face by uh um, his bodyguard and caving in caving in the left side of his face in the starship. Well, I'm sure his nose was already half caved in because he did all the cocaine that was processed <laughs> in Bolivia in the eighties. Jesus Christ. Boy, that guy did a lot of cocaine. Yeah, because it's untapped. There's so much to go on. I mean, so many things, so many crazy stories with Jefferson Airplane and Starship that you can make a great movie. Oh, yeah, Grace. And Beeb is going to play Marty Balin. Oh, nice. (laughs) I'm going to try and... I'm going to try and sleep with Grace Slick unsuccessfully and then get conked in the head by a hell's angel. Angel. Let, let should, let should uh, play Papa John Creech. <laughs> with your violin. And your- I would be too outraged. I, I want to be, I want to be David Freeberg with the fro and just be in the background. Later right, member, later semi unknown member, didn't really <laughs> add all that much, but I was still, I, I was on Freedom at Point Zero. What do you want? Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was in, uh, what, what was that band? Quicksilver Messenger Service. Uh, yeah, you are correct. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, but he didn't really hit his stride until I uh, was coking up with Mickey Thomas. <laughs> I, I'm impressed with you both today. Okay. It's a rare day that I learn from Beeve and Dan. Very, very <laughs> impressed. And I must say, I, I Beeve busting out Quicksilver Messenger Service references, <laughs> and Dan having all this knowledge busting out so, of his. Court so many back. details, so many details to the assassination that are just insane that I know, and I just wish I could forget. You know, it's just like. <laughs> 
like there's that whole scene in JFK where they're like, and the man, I remember watching the film, the man had an epileptic seizure, probably to, you know, cause a, dis- a distraction so that the teams could get in place to fire the shots. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the epileptic was Jerry Belknap. He went to the hospital, blah, blah, and it wasn't even in the movie. And I knew that piece of information. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this in my brain? I need to know algebra. I need to do something <laughs> functional with my life. And I know all this crap. You know, I'm just like, what good has this done me? Nothing. You know, learning. I, it got it's, you on jag bags. I was going to say. It did. All right. Finally, it paid off. Yes, it I, did. Well, we want Dan. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. We, we guys do the thank RFK you. one, Dan. Thank you yeah, guys. Let's do an RFK one. Um, yeah, sure, I'd rather RFK one. Jeff, we should do a Jefferson Airplane uh, special, and uh, <laughs> we I'm did in one. for that. Oh, we did. I we didn't did. know it. Um, yeah, that's how, that's why we decided to do the movie after all the stuff we learned. We're like, you this, this email me what email me what number episode it is. I'll catch up on it. Um, yeah, I'll, text it. I'll text it to you. This is the longest I've sat in one spot other than at work in since the pandemic. So I, you know, you can't tie me down for two hours to listen to stuff unless I'm driving to Chicago. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I think our listeners are going to love it too. Um, so we yeah, want to We really want to thank our guest, uh, Dan, for joining us. And we want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. We are available wherever fine podcasts are found. Please follow us on social media too. We're on Instagram. We're on X, formerly Twitter, and we're on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. If there's something about the JFK uh, assassination that you feel was criminally left out, please let us know and uh, or another topic you'd like to hear let us know as well we'll send you a jag bags t-shirt dan send us your address i'll send you a jag bags t-shirt i've already purchased mine and i wear it proudly that's right you do have one i forgot yes you wore on my birthday a couple years ago that's right letting everyone know that he's a fashion icon. that was the best that was the greatest. I I'm also wearing the uh, Taste the Biscuit uh, t-shirt today. <laughs> Dan, I got my Chico's Bail Bonds t-shirt. On. Oh, nice. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I, I am wearing Jag. Perfect. I am representing tonight with the Jag bags. Wow. There you so, go. Uh, we're three for three. Is, is that Brooks Brothers top there you got, Mike? I don't even know what this oh. is. Yeah, it's like a little rugby uh, shirt uh, action. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. It might be L.L. Bean or something. It's very New England. Very he wears it when he's playing perfect. Pickleball. Yes. When I uh-huh. go to uh, meet my friends for rugby, um, yeah. even though I've retired from all sports. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Right. When you're ready to listen, put a little <laughs> jag bags in your ear. <laughs>